0: The what thing?
1: The, uh, you know, the thing they
0: say. The reality rejected, synapses shattered, vanishment from this world. Welcome, Hello. uh, oh thanks, uh, welcome to uh, episode four of the, uh, Anybody's Podcast. Uh, today, um, joining us as always will be, uh, I, Alex, and... I am Jacob. Heck yeah. Uh, what, uh... What have you been up to uh this week, man?
1: Well, first, we should tell them what we're do- what we're covering this week, which is uh gonna be <laughs> love, cringe, and other delusions
0: whoa uh, whoa 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 whoa
1: or it's Japanese name uh
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh love Chinibio, and other delusions um it's not cringe if you own it. That's all I have to say. It's only cringe if you're t- embarrassed.
1: All throughout this, I just they use Chinebio, and if I replace every use of the word Chinebio with cringe, it's it fits perfectly with what they're talking about.
0: I don't know. Did you not listen uh, to Nibutani's speech about Chinebio there in the first season?
1: Yeah, it really like it. It really just seems like a word reflective of like what we call cringe, like when you think back to your high school experiences and. Or I guess your middle school experiences more so when you were in high school, and you just sort of cringe at them. That really feels like interchangeable with this. I do. I do have uh, a yeah. some further discussion into the word chinabio, but uh.
0: Oh, did you look it I mean, up?
1: Me, no, uh, I mean I did look up the word, uh, I, and I found out that it translates like literally to eighth grader syndrome. But they're not in eighth. I, I, I guess they were in eighth grade when that happened. But mm-hmm. uh, the it's it's a uh, th- there's a whole discussion about this that we're gonna get into with the episode. But back to your question. Uh, this week I've just been uh watching some Love Chinnibio and other delusions. Uh, read up some more Berserk since I got my volume six and seven of the deluxe edition at five, six, and seven actually um of the deluxe edition and and I also started uh A Man and His Cat as well as Spy Family.
0: Oh. Both really? of which
1: I am really enjoying. Spy Family is super good.
0: is uh, it? I've heard really good things about Spy Family. Uh
1: I from a lot am of people. really enjoying it so far and not just because the mom is hot.
0: Okay. I mean hot moms are always a bonus.
1: Yeah. Well, see she like she's not like a biological mother, so but she's like old enough to be.
0: Oh, so she's stepmom. Like,
1: yeah, she's well well they're both like adopted parents. It's not really a spoiler cuz that happens in like the first 10 pages. But uh Yeah, they don't birth the kid. So they're they're both they're both young. I I've actually heard from some from women and some women readers that they think the guy's hot as well. Okay. Uh so right, if that's uh, your thing. I mean well if if you are if you are a, a bi individual, you will have two hotties to
0: read about in yeah. this one. Well nothing uh, nothing to be uh ashamed about because after all, uh, we forgot to say this last episode, but a uh, happy pride month, everybody. Uh so hot moms, hot dads. As long as you're above the age, celebrate responsibly, and don't be a uh, don't be afraid to be yourself.
1: We did mention Pride Month with uh, we did some of uh Ruca's stuff, but uh yeah, we did. But... Happy Pride Month, and I apologize for the depictions of uh people under that branch in this show that we're about to cover because it had some mildly offensive ones, I would say.
0: Yeah, you're talking about uh towards the end?
1: Yeah, both yeah. of those at the end. I I don't even know what the purpose of the Ishiki one was.
0: Me neither. Uh
1: we can we can get into that as yeah. we approach the end, but I, I am I I was just so confused on why that was put in. Yeah, I thought that was gonna go somewhere. It did not.
0: No, I mean he's a pretty insignificant character. Uh,
1: He is. I he was pretty significant in part one. I don't know if they like.
0: Yeah,
1: I didn't think he was that bad. I kind of didn't like the voice actor for him, at least in the dub. I didn't. I heard. I actually that was what. So when I heard Ishiki's voice, I for the first time I thought it was gonna be a main character. Mm -hmm. So. I swapped over to the sub to see how it was, but I just didn't like Yuta and Rika as much in the sub, so I swapped back and figured yeah. I would, uh, I'd tough it out, and, you know, he wasn't that significant, his voice kind of grows on you, so, yeah. but, uh, yeah, what have you been up to this week, uh, uh,
0: other than watching, uh, Love, Chinevio and Other Delusions as well, um. I caught up on pretty much most of my weekly shonen that I've been uh, reading. Uh, One piece was very interesting. Um, I have some questions about how a message was delivered because I'm pretty sure it happened in a way that I wasn't expecting. So I was a big fan of that, and Black Clover really blew me a uh, blew me away this week. I was just really just really proud to watch uh, Noella. Uh, well, grow so much as she has, and it just really makes me like miss the anime for Black Clover because it just it's it's a dumb fun shonen. But um, as I was, they discontinue as, the anime for it. Yeah, they canceled the anime earlier this year. Uh, we're, they're gonna have uh, a movie, but
1: I just really get a
0: reboot. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping the movie does well, so that way hopefully they'll just start kind of releasing it like a My Hero because I. I think that'd be better for the animators overall, and just kind of with how the hype, how how hype schedules work, that would probably be the best. But uh, yeah, kind of like how this show does. Black Clovers made me cry a couple times. Not of not afraid to uh, to say that live. Um, now and then, did season two make you cry? Uh, actually, yeah, I did cry. Uh, oh, yeah, I did. Uh, was it was, the last episode? It uh, the first time I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh but no this time it was uh I actually have it in my notes, uh but we'll discuss the episode as well. But it was uh it was a thing with cumin. She is so good. I I love her. She is uh she is very precious, you know. She's uh, uh yeah, it would have been in episode five of season two. I just wrote Kumin Cares and It Makes Me Cry. Oh. He does care. Just get
1: her own little like arc of uh,
0: napping stuff. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. But um, all right. Well, are you ready to dive in, dive into some uh, s- some Chinebia?
1: I'm. I'm You're as re- ready as I'm gonna get.
0: Yeah, I guess it's time to vanish into this world and uh, talk about these. Well. Before we talk about the about the ops, uh, did you have any prior experience with the show?
1: Uh, none at all. The only the closest thing I had to experience was I had seen the little, the little gif of Rika doing the little oh the little, little finger, finger th- circle.
0: Heck yeah, I love that. Uh, okay, yeah. No, I watched this um actually like last year, probably like l- about eight months ago, I'd say. And I binged season one, the the OVA season two, and then I watched uh, the finale movie, and then I watched like half of uh, Rika's movie. And I just really, oh, really... Two movies? Yeah, there's a, it's like a recap movie for season one, but all the events are told from Rika's perspective. Ah. Mm-hmm. Ah. Yeah. didn't know about that. Yeah, and I just I don't know if I am just uh if I'm just envious of their ability to larp so freely in the real world or just how just like to me how pure pure and cute a lot of the relationships are like the main ones. But this show just like really touched me, so I wanted to uh I figured it'd be a nice change of pace from the first couple shows that we've watched so far.
1: They do have just so much less shame than I could ever hope to, to like, that level of just shamelessness. I don't think I could ever attain that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I have, but only if I've been, like, pretty drunk, to be um, honest. Well, you know, yeah. that doesn't count. Yeah. The... Yeah, but no, just walking down the street, busting out into my OC, I wish. Maybe one day it'll be me. But uh Yeah, maybe one day you
1: can pick up an eye patch and a colored contacts lens.
0: You know, uh actually <laughs> around the time I was in eighth grade, I uh, I did actually try to put like colored contacts in, but I could only get like one of them in, and it took me like twenty five minutes. So I just uh decided I would just go with my regular old eyes. My eyes. But yeah. Uh so What'd you, uh, well, season one of, uh, Love nebio and, uh, Other Delusions, uh, came out in October 4th by, in 2012, and it was done by, uh, Kyo, Kyo Annie. Um, Jacob, are you familiar with Kyo Annie at all?
1: Uh, uh, is that, is that a studio or a person?
0: It's a, it's a studio, uh, Kyoto Animation.
1: Oh, that's the... You You told me this is the one that made uh, K-On, which yeah. I have not actually seen. Yeah. I just have a friend that uh, he he went his entire teenage years uh, being very in love with uh, Yui Hirasawa, I think her name is. Let me double check that. Yui... Yeah, Yui Hirasawa. The, the little guitar girl. The main character. Yeah. He, he has really liked her his yeah. whole
0: life. That's fair. I mean, sometimes you just find a character and you just really love them. I uh, know, yeah, Keo Ki- Annie, they're like they're just a really, really freaking good studio. Like, I'm normally not like a big like slice of life fan, but pretty much everything I've watched from them, uh, I've really enjoyed. Like, they just, they just do a really good job. Um, Violet Evergarden, that made me cry, but I think that made everybody cry, so does that count? Uh, they made a, oh, a silent voice, makes me cry, every time. Uh, Maid Dragon, uh, Ms. Kobayashi's Maid Dragon, didn't make me cry, but I really liked it. Same thing with Beyond the Boundary, I think you might actually like Beyond the Boundary. We may have to watch that. But, um...
1: I have actually not seen anything on their anime... Or on their animation list.
0: Uh, Ooh, there's a lot know. of good stuff on here. Okay. Yeah, I well,
1: haven't haven't seen
0: any of these. I will definitely uh, put some on for us then, because they're they're good time. They're good time. Um, but what you going to be o- watching, K-On? I mean, I haven't watched K-On either. I I haven't, but. I can tell you one thing: if
1: we if we review K on, I can. I, that's at least one listener we can we can lock in. But we we should stay away from Yui slander. If so,
0: I mean, if Yui sucks, Yui sucks. I don't know what you want me to say. Ooh, ooh! It's a, it's a good thing he will probably not listen to this episode. <laughs> but um, what do you think of uh, the first opening? Uh, the one where the little finger spinning thing comes from.
1: Uh my initial thoughts were there was so much so like I liked the song. It was pretty cool. Uh visually, I d I don't I I don't feel like this is the case, but it's just how it looked to me. There was so much white on it that it looked like just lazy. Like it was uh oh, It was I'll... probably more of a visual choice, but it was just, like there's so much, like, white background that there's just, like, they don't want to, like, draw stuff here.
0: Are you, You're talking about how they do, like, the half-screen thing?
1: Well, it's, like, there's white everywhere, but yeah, yeah they do, like, panels and, like, yeah uh, th- panels and half-screens and stuff.
0: Yeah, I think it, going off of the other OPs and EDs, I think that was a design choice. Uh, made. I
1: don't know. It was really bright. If you're watching this in a dark room, uh, skip the opening. It's, it was really bright.
0: Yeah. Okay. But no, I also actually really like the song. Um, I like that it showed us each of the main characters that we'll come to, uh, get to know throughout the, the show, and their main outfits, and just a little bit about each of their personalities. And then, uh, there's one part in the uh, in the visuals where it's uh, Rika's eye patch on a desk, and they they reuse it again in uh, season two, and it fucks me up. But it's just uh, the that when they bring in the two eye patches together, it makes a heart. It's just so nice. just a nice little touch.
1: I did like uh, there's like one that that one part where they're like uh, they have what the fuck is happening, like the. It's, like, the very first, like, animation after we get the title screen, where they're, like, uh, it's, like, circling Rika, sort of, and then it keeps, like, cutting out to, like, a different image of her, like, sitting on the playground. It's kind of a cool little flashy animation, the, like, back and forth. I don't know if you know the part I'm talking about. I think so. Like, a rotating angle around her, and while it's, like, rotating, it, like, flashes off, and then there's, like, another thing. Oh, cool.
0: Yeah. No, I yeah, I know what you I know what you're talking about. I, I honestly, I I do like it a lot. Um, I, I honestly like all the songs and uh, endings. Um, speaking of endings, what'd you think of ending one? The
1: the ending was yeah. pretty funky. I'm not gonna lie. I yeah. what did I put here? Hold on. I noted something for this that was uh. Oh, yeah. Pog outro girl boss is what I wrote word for word. It's like, you know, they just, they all seemed so powerful in they the intro.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like, uh, I like that we get the characters' eyes and their names flashed at the, um, at the start. And then I also, I, I like that we get a nice, uh, image of all the club members just kind of like, being them and like owning it, and then I also like Rika's outfit. So,
1: yeah, that does seem to be a, a big a big theme throughout the, the the anime. Is they're just they're all owning who they are. Yeah. No matter how no matter how cringe or like uh, unacceptable it might be, they are they are owning that, <laughs> or at least. Not I, not all of them. Most of them are. Yeah. Yuda and Shinka are kind of uh there there to give us the comparison.
0: Yeah. They're not owning it most of the time.
1: Well, Yuda kinda owns it in, in season two. He, yeah, well, yeah. He gets more into it. I don't mm-hmm. think I don't think Shinka ever really gets into it. Unless it's for her own personal gain,
0: unless it's for her own gain or her secret love interest <laughs> um, you know
1: i I was hoping we'd get more on that,
0: yeah, the, maybe, I mean there's apparently like a bunch of short episodes that I didn't watch, so maybe they're in that or in the novels, maybe I should read the novels for
1: sure, yeah, that
0: uh what'd you think of uh o p two excuse me, sorry, um OP 2, I
1: really liked visually, Uh, so we're a little, it's actually a little backwards. The song wasn't terrible, but I was not the biggest fan of it. Mm-hmm. I thought the visuals were really cool, though. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of like backwards thing. Like the sort of like 3D effects in it and stuff. It's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. I, didn't, like, I don't hate the song. I just...
0: No. I, uh, I like how it opens up, uh, again, like, introducing the characters. I don't know why. I just really love that whenever they do that in openings or endings, and, uh, they're each... Oh, if, like
1: on that, on that topic, have you seen, uh, do ra uh, Yes. Yeah, the intro for that hmm. is, like, that, that is one of my favorite intros in any anime, just because of the way they, like, introduce everyone, and also, and, uh, This is, like, a little off-topic, but in Season 2, the way that they sort of, like, work the recap uh, into, like, the characters, and, like, it's, like, visually animated in there with their, like, shit that they've already done in the intro, is pretty cool. Yeah. But, so, yeah, it it is generally nice when they do the little intro thing, as long as it's not, like,
0: stupid. Yeah. I'm uh, actually really excited for us to watch uh one of these upcoming shows. I think uh I I think you'll really like the opening for it a lot. Oh, uh, uh, don't tell me it's Monster Masume. No, I've already showed you that opening and I know I know your opinions. Ah. Uh. Yes. Um but yeah, and then I like that it's like a little battle with uh Sophia or Sophie. Um as well, and it ends with them, like, kind of being in the classroom. I thought that was cute. And then I don't really have too much to say about the, uh, the last ending.
1: Yeah, that one was kind of just, eh. I mean, I thought it was cool how they, like, like, the, the beginning of it was cool where they did, like, the Vanishment from this world, but I was pretty indifferent about the, the rest of the visuals and the, the song.
0: Yeah, I kind of just like that it's called Vanishment from this world, because they actually say that in the show.
1: They they do say that like, many times. Actually, that's one thing that I was. Why does they sometimes? So every time in the sub, it just says "vanishment from this world," but then in the dub, like because I, I I'm reading like I have the subtitles on, so I can still read them because uh-huh. I want to know like the. Sometimes there is shit that's like on the point. Being, uh, sometimes. They like they always say "vanishment from this world" in the sub, but then on the dub, sometimes they say "be banished from this world" instead. And why?
0: You'd probably need to ask the uh, translators or the uh, voice actors for that one. Very.
1: That was that sat with me every time they said it. Yeah. Uh, but uh. Yeah, that's all I have to say about that.
0: Well, fair enough. Well, I also don't really have too much more to say. So, I guess it's time to jump into this. What do you. Uh... So, uh, we start off and we get to learn a little bit about what Chunebio is, um, which I thought was a very good way because I. Clearly had no idea what it was uh, the first time uh, going into it. I and-
1: thought Chenebio was the... I thought that was, like, Rika's name, to be honest with you.
0: Oh, you thought the girl was a delusion?
1: No, I thought her name was... I didn't really think... Like, I I just... I thought her name was Chenebio. Like, uh. I thought the show was going to be about love, Chenebio, which was the girl. Yeah. And then some other delusions. But it was about love, Chenebio, which was a type of delusion, and then some other delusions.
0: Yeah, so it tells you exactly what what you're getting yourself into here. Yeah, no, yeah I was uh, a little upset yeah, no, that nope. her name wasn't Chinibio. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I I I guess uh, I guess if that was what you thought, I get why well, you'd be a little upset by that. I'm a little upset about some things and some other shows that uh I don't want to get on a tangent. on. Oh gosh, I'm about to sneeze. Um, but we meet Yuta Tagashi, who uh, is uh, recovering from his previous bat of Chinebio in middle school and has decided that he wants a fresher start in high school, when one evening he meets a girl who is climbing down from her above apartment. And lands and asks him if he saw it or wants to see it. What was the exact question? I think she
1: asked if she wanted, if he wanted to see her magic. Yeah. And can I I, absolute queen shit on her part to take this sort of initiative to just like drop from the balcony?
0: Yeah. But also,
1: I think. I know at this point we've been introduced to his Chenevio as uh him being the Dark Flame Master and when I saw that I'm just like wow it's Kirito What's in this. <laughs> he Yeah. He's like he's just dressed just like him and and everything. He's got the sword and all that. It's uh, uh
0: when did Sword Art Online come out?
1: Um I think 2015. I don't know which of the light novels came out first, though. Hmm. Oh, it was 2012. Shit. Okay, so this was before.
0: Yeah. Our same year, actually. They both came out at the same oh, time, well, it was Yeah. There. Yeah, I, uh... <laughs> I just thought this guy was a freaking dork. <laughs> And I loved it. Uh,
1: I mean, that is a that is also true of Kirito. So yeah. I guess same take
0: on yeah. that. Yeah, but I mean, Kirito tries to act like he's a badass.
1: I mean, in the video game, he is. That's fair. In the real world, he's just a cousin
0: romanticist. Hmm. Excellent. So he's from Alabama.
1: You know, you'd think, but it's actually just Japan.
0: Oh, a little different. Um, God, where were we?
1: Um, he she just dropped onto the balcony and asked if he wanted to see her magic. Uh, I don't think she showed it to him though, because
0: right because he just I think
1: that's when the yeah I think that's when the intro starts yeah
0: the intro starts and then uh, he he goes he goes to start his first day of high school. Yeah, yeah. He like uh, runs
1: into her again.
0: Mm. Oh no, no, no! Before they run into each other, um, in the class, since he's feeling a little nervous, he takes himself outside on the uh, on the balcony and has one last go as the uh, the Dark Flame Master, and then you hiding uh ben- below uh, Rika actually witnesses this and is like, "Ooh, I found a new friend." Uh. So, he, Yuta then goes into class, where he meets Ishiki, who... Well, on the way to class,
1: he, he does encounter both uh, Rika and Shinka.
0: Oh, uh, does before, he? Like,
1: the tr- yeah, the train ride thing. Where oh. he, like, he runs into Shinka, because he's, like, distracted. And then Rika, like, opens the gate with her magic. Or not, oh, like, yes. oh yeah. Cart. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's... It's oh. a very important moment. No, the train car thing
0: is because it's like, is is this girl magic?
1: Yeah, he's like, he's so impressed by her, and also he's running to Shinka, his uh, his like first baby love interest,
0: baby's first crush.
1: Yeah, he's like, wow, she's she's a hot mama or something. I don't remember what he says.
0: But
1: <laughs> I think he says like, this girl's really cute.
0: Yeah. Probably. That seems about right. Oh yeah, because he does Very have a crush
1: Because apparently there is a, a Reddit army of people shipping Shinka and Yuta.
0: I'm going to just go ahead and get this right now. It's Rika x Yuta. That's the one that's the one true pairing for the show.
1: There's a, a Reddit brigade that will disagree with that, I'm sure.
0: Uh, if they listen to this episode, you, then they should know where to find me. If they listen to the whole thing, you can come talk to me about it. You're wrong. Come on, it's clearly it's clearly Nibutani ex Dekumori. We we know this. Come on, they had a whole fight over her.
1: Uh, but you know that was was that really over just Dekumori? We we it, we can get in. Let's it. Let's get into was. this when we when we get oh, to that. Come
0: on. But
1: let's get, yeah, but uh now we're caught up to meeting Ishiki as well,
0: okay, um gosh, I didn't write down too much of what happens. I know that Ishiki does ask him to uh, if he wants to vote on the cutest girls in the class list, and Rika does greet him in a very chinubio fashion, uh right in the middle of the class. And then they go down to the uh, the nurse's office, where they get to have a little chat. Um, and, uh, yeah,
1: during this nurse episode, I got a little throwback to last week, because Rika starts talking about the organization. And I'm just <laughs> like, ah, cool. We have Lady Okabe this time.
0: Yeah. I get, Except, she's not so much of a mad scientist
1: yeah, she's not a mad scientist, but she is a larp'er. She is uh more more of a fantasy world type, so more more of your type.
0: Yes, yes. I mean, I'm down for a good sci-fi larping, but fantasy larping's where it's at.
1: Yeah, I guess we should call her Subaru.
0: <laughs> Natsuki Subaru.
1: Yeah. I mean we we drew the comparison. So if the fantasy bridge was there, we're we're basically this is ReZero now.
0: Dude, I'd hang out with Subaru.
1: Would you hang out with Rika?
0: Yeah, I'd hang out with Rika. Alright. What do you mean? She seems fun. I can just go be a dork and go LARP? Let's go. Um but yeah, they go down to the nurse's office, and they were uh, – Rika ends up showing uh, showing you to her eye in a very, very nice scene, actually, to where even I was like, oh, shit, maybe she – even to, at this point, I was like, maybe she is still magic. Like, maybe. Because um, I, I like to hold out disbelief that anything can possibly happen. I thought she had, like,
1: a birth defect that she had embraced. Uh, oh. And then –
0: Oh, yeah, the, the... but then,
1: you know, she being the anxious mess that she is, like trips or something, yeah falls on Yuta. I think we're gonna have a fan servicey moment, but this is actually just to make her contact lens fall out. So props to the props to the studio for keeping this a wholesome clean moment and not some like Fire Force esque smut.
0: No, no. Keo Annie knows when to drop their loot. And when to keep it clean.
1: They dropped it all in the
0: intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um But so, um and then Rika claims that He is actually her soulmate as uh as well in this episode. Which uh, I soulmates
1: uh soulmates uh <laughs> that one's a little intense. Yeah. I would not I wouldn't say it's there at this point. I forget how she actually describes it, but she says that they are they are like bound together by fate yeah. or something.
0: Yeah, basically same thing.
1: Um, and then at the well, end we don't want to the... tie we don't want to tie romance to this quite yet because then we it, don't.
0: It's in the if title. she was that
1: comfortable just saying you're my soulmate, then we wouldn't even have a season two.
0: Did we need the season two? You know, let's just. We let's... really, we really didn't. Yeah, we really didn't. Um, but they end up walking home together where it is discovered that Rika actually does live right, right above Yuta's apartment. And I guess on to season two, is there anything else you want to talk about? I'm sorry. Sorry. Is there anything else you want to talk about from episode one? Oh. You said on to season two. No, I'm, like, no. I'm pretty
1: sure there's more that happens. No, there's in so much more one. that happens.
0: Sorry. I'm a I'm a uh, mess today.
1: <laughs> no, I don't think we met Rika. Do we meet Rika's sister in episode one or is that episode two? I think that's episode two. That's
0: episode two.
1: Okay. That's what I want to get to then.
0: Alright, so in episode two, um it is uh, Rika ends up finding a stray cat on the playground, but due to her chinebia, she thinks it is a chimera. Uh, so she goes to try to take it home, but she unfortunately, the priestess has a allergy to cats, and she is not, she cannot keep it. Uh, so I guess here is where we uh we meet her sister. Do you have any thoughts on Toka Ta- Takanashi?
1: She is a waifu. Let me tell you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Ooh. she she'll cook you food.
1: She is uh she is a girl boss. She cooks. She's uh combat ready and yeah, she's of age. She meets all the waifu criteria. That's true. But uh Yeah, they, they, so we get to see a little fight from there, and, uh, this is where I actually noted that, like, how the fuck does Rika have the hand-eye coordination with an eye patch covering one of her eyes? Like, she's not gonna have any depth perception, like, I don't think, I don't think this is, maybe that's why she keeps losing to her sister, like, she could possibly win one of these, but she has to cover the the eye of the wicked lord and i feel like that's a that's a real hindrance for
0: her there um i mean its power is too great for this world
1: it it is so with that being stated obviously she loses to her sister and uh yuta has to watch all of this thinking that you know basically uh I don't know. I don't know what I think. I think there was a real abusive dynamic going on here. If I witnessed this personally, after walking my new kind of friend home, yeah. Um, but
0: yeah, I mean, nobody something... actually got hurt.
1: Yeah, Yuda basically uh, has to fucking take the cat from her because. For some reason, Toka has recorded Yuta in his Chinibio phase and threatens to out him. Because we forgot to mention this about episode one, but I guess it is a pretty important thing. That, uh, Yuta has transferred to an entirely new school that was, like, super far from his old school to completely, like, be free of anyone that would recognize him from his Dark Flame Master days.
0: Uh... Yeah, because he's trying to just completely not think about any of that.
1: Yeah, and that's all that really happens in episode two. Uh, so, like, I guess we can just progress into. I guess one. Of, I, this seems like one of your favorite characters, but uh, they go a little further. They make a little. They they make a little more friendship, and Rika somehow like. Yuda needs to this Yuda's such a pushover, like he comes to this new school and uh he wants to escape his Chinebio phase, and this girl just keeps bothering him, so he's like, yeah, I guess i'll I'll keep being around this girl that is exactly what I tried to escape from
0: because he didn't like... want to really escape. Come on, you know he didn't.
1: I mean, he didn't even realize he was attracted to her until like episode nine or
0: something. That's fair, I don't think he was thinking about that, if anything, I think I he started off just trying to help her because he knew because he knows how it's to be that the Genebio kid.
1: I don't know. I guess if it was between hanging out with Ishiki or Rika, I'd probably rather be with cringe Larp girl than fucking weird wanna play guitar, but don't want to learn guitar
0: guy. so many that, things with Ishiki he had one good moment. But it wasn't even like good for the good reasons. I cannot believe they <laughs> what they did to him in the last episode.
1: But uh, yeah, so we meet uh, Rika's little underling, uh, Dekamori, who is actually voiced by the same uh, voice actor as um, Black Star and Soul Eater.
0: Which I love. Which I is... love Black Star. Yeah,
1: it was really weird though like i i heard the voice and i'm like that's that's black star and i knew black star was voiced by a girl so i had like no doubt about this at all but um yeah and also when she does like her fa- when she goes to her fantasy world and her school uniform she also kind of looks like Maka. so there's a lot of soul eater in this character
0: yeah soul eater <laughs> like the win.
1: For real. I I really... I watched Fire Force trying to get, like, all of the Soul Eater love into that, but I just can't, because Fire Force is... Uh, like, of everything that I've watched, Fire Force is ruined by fan service more than anything else I have ever seen.
0: I agree, because uh, they do it so poorly. It's... It's unnecessary. It's
1: terrible. The time when, like... The girl trips and somehow her,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Do you remember the episode where she like trips and then she's like in a fucking pile driver
0: position with him? Oh god, uh, it's to, no. I I, was, I stopped watching. I think after two episodes, just because it didn't draw me in. Um, oh, so you didn't even get there? No, but, but I've seen a lot of clips on Twitter.
1: It is it is bad. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyways. Off topic, but back to that. Um, so they end up uh, getting their little club together because Yuda's been roped into this. Uh, they get enough members or something. Cause oh, oh no, they they, they have they, to merge clubs. Yeah, yeah. they
0: merge with Cumin. Uh, low key, best girl of the show. She just wants to nap. And then
1: uh, oh, we forgot to introduce Cumin. Yeah, yeah. So in episode two, uh, the cat that Rika found was actually like uh, Cumin, or Rika thought it might have, or
0: Cumin thought it was uh, her was cat. It? Rika thought it was Cumin's cat. So they're like, maybe it wasn't. No, it was. Usually... I don't think
1: it was Rika. They mentioned that they found a cat, and one of the like schoolgirls mentioned that Cumin was missing her cat, so they like met up with her, and that's how we meet Cumin. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, so they end up having this connection with her and it turns out that Cuban is trying to get people into a napping club. So they have a a little merger so that they can have the minimum requirement for a club and we end up with the Far East Magical Napping Society Summer Thereof, uh, which is quite a name to be honest. Uh, yes. Funny enough, the acronym for this is FEMNIST. Is it? It is F-E-M-N-S-S-T. Hmm. That's funny. But, uh, so... Yeah, some more some more shit goes down in episode four. Oh, don't um, tell ya... Uh,
0: doesn't Dekamori bring up around Nibutani that she has a book written by the great Mori Summer?
1: I think that's what happens in episode four. Yeah. The, um, let me check my notes here. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention, there's one point in this where Yuta, like, literally fucking threatens Rico with a goddamn gat. And I'm like, what the
0: fuck is this? It's a toy gat. It's a toy.
1: It's, yeah. I mean, he holds it up to
0: her like it's a real one. Yeah. <laughs> the... Oh, I forgot to save. So for episode 3, we found out that Rika hates tom- hates tomatoes, and she has Heelys. So, like... Oh, she... we
1: found out she had Heelys in, like, episode 1.
0: Yeah, dude, Heelys, if you have Heelys, I just want you to know you're really cool, and I wish that I could have some fucking Heelys, because Heelys are dope. The
1: Heelys are quite important as they come back into play in episode 12, I think? Or 11. no. We- Wait, when do they go on the... Mm. They come back into play later, is the point. Yes. But, Um... uh... Anyways. So, uh... It turns out that, uh... They get curious about why Shinka joined the club. Or I guess Yuta himself gets curious because he's like, Wait, this is the hottest girl in school. Why is she joining this club that I don't even want to be in?
0: Yeah, Um, like, something's gotta be up.
1: So they go to the club, and some shit goes down with, like, a summoning circle or something. It's, uh... Kind of wild. But, yeah. Uh, Shinka, like, asks Yuta on a date where, um... Oh, also, uh... Dekamori, like, shows the Mabinokian, which somehow, like... Yuta accidentally took home. Kind of a weird way to introduce all this. But yeah, Shinka wants to, like, go on a date with Yuta. So they go back to Yuta's house, and, uh, you know, things are getting a little excited. Yuta goes to make some tea for Shinka and comes, or hears his room being torn the fuck apart, and, uh, finds out that. Uh, Shinka is fucking looking for the Mabinogian because she had a Chinibio phase as well, where she is the real Mori Summer. Um,
0: the, so, great Maury you know, Summer.
1: She, the great Mori Summer. The great Mori Summer, as one person will call her, at least. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is... uh. This is intense stuff. Uh, she, like, burns the book. Um, Yuta, like, wants Shinka to reveal to Dekamori that she's Mori Summer, and Dekamori doesn't believe it. <laughs> uh, which, we don't really get a resolution to that in Season 1, so that's kind of fun, I guess. But, uh yeah. So that's kind of how that ends. So now we know why Shinka is in the club, and it's kind of sad. Shinka is kind of mean. Uh so we get into the next episode where Rika is failing classes. Uh not good. If you've been to high school, you don't generally want to do that. Yeah, she she got especially gotta, if you're in a. Yeah, especially if you're in a student organization, because that's the first thing to go if you're failing classes. Um, we find out that Dekamori is like the top student, though, so her and Yuta are going to help Rika, which it's kind of sad that she has to be tutored by an underclassman. But, you know... Um basically Rika is untutorable though because they they can't stop fucking around which like I never I never really failed classes but I definitely relate to the like trying to study and just fucking around or like trying to work on a project and just fucking around cuz uh school sucks to be honest with you it is a uh, really boring
0: yeah it definitely can be
1: and uh Rika does not have a good study environment because her room has, like, fucking 30... It's like a fucking storage closet of toys, really. Um, yeah. Just so she can yeah, be lost. We, uh... So while they're, like, hanging out, we get this little cute uh, moment where Rika and Yuda exchange email addresses, and Rika's like, uh, hey, uh, I never, or, like, I never got your email address. And then Yuta, like, asks her something about, I don't remember how it comes up, but he, like, talks to her about why she doesn't have other people's email addresses or some shit, and she's like, oh, yeah, I only have two peoples, but now I have three with yours. Yeah, Which is very sad. Rika's very, very lonely.
0: Yeah. This, uh that scene actually uh, that was me crying uh, number one uh, at this show uh, oh this man. this go around so, just... also slightly
1: and in, in this same episode a little before we have a, a club meeting where we have that discrepancy where in the dub Shinka tells cumin to to basically kill herself clearly clearly uh, sarcasm But, yeah. You know, it it seemed pretty cold. But apparently, in the sub, that's not really what she says at all.
0: It doesn't really feel even close to what the sub said, to be honest. Go get excited by yourself as she goes back down to take a nap.
1: Yeah, which feels very different than telling someone to nap forever. Uh but you know, maybe they wanted Shinka to seem a little meaner in the English version. As uh, you know Americans are a bit meaner.
0: Yeah, plus but, uh, she's supposed to be like the hot cheerleader girl. She is, and that might
1: have different connotations in Western culture. I mm. don't really know. It was a very interesting uh note though. Yeah. So uh, we get to episode six, where Yuta and Rika, like, draw pictures of each other. A lot of this felt like filler to me, but I guess they're, like, developing their relationship.
0: Yeah. Just so. Just some good alone time together. Um, oh, uh, also, I... Ishiki... Sorry, He's... what were you gonna say? Oh, you were actually about to bring it up, my one, uh, my one note for episode six. Yeah, Ishiki got, like, a fucking love note, and it... It had
1: literally no significance whatsoever at any point. It 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 does it serves literally no purpose because even like he he doesn't even meet anyone because he gets like interrupted from his wait by the guys. It was really I I don't know if you have different thoughts on this, but I it really that part was like what is happening? Why is this in here?
0: Oh, the whole Ishiki taking the fall for all the guys in the class thing. No, when he
1: got the love note.
0: Oh, well, I th- I feel like that was just supposed to lead into the events for the rest of that that episode. Because I gu- didn't because okay. the guys only showed up there because of him taking the fall for the for the note about ranking all the girls in the class.
1: Yeah, but he got, like, a love note, and, like, nothing happened with it at all, except for well, we look, find out what, Shinka gives really bad relationship advice.
0: Well, let me, what which, which self-respecting person would show up to meet the person that you're interested in after finding out that, low-key, they might be kind of a pig?
1: Well, we don't even know if she turned out, because the guys all crowd around and fucking <laughs> throw him up.
0: I thought it was a good bro moment, but it wasn't, like, I...
1: I mean, the bro moment's fine. It's just, like, what is the love letter here for?
0: The love letter was here to show that Ishiki had a shot at not being a complete degenerate.
1: Ishiki just... Like, you could take Ishiki out of this entire anime and nothing would change. Uh,
0: The only thing that would change would be, like, seeing the dichotomy of the walk scene um for the trip that they take later on but that's about it like that scene would be a little different
1: i i guess but uh
0: but yeah carry on my friend sorry
1: so basically everything that goes on here uh is just this episode is about th- this entire episode is basically just dedicated to Ishiki i guess um which lead me to note that just everything in this show, Shin- Shinibio or not is just so dramatic, which I guess it is like early high school but yeah, I also noted that Ishiki's a fucking weird dude and uh, Shinka is really mean cause like Ishiki goes to her for advice and she's just like, no it's not gonna happen for you and it's it's just, it's so sad she's mean to Dekamori She's mean to Ishiki. She doesn't get redeemed really at all in season one. It it's it's really mean. Like she does like one good thing. Yeah. Which we can talk about in a couple episodes down. But yeah, so Ishiki gets exposed as or Ishiki makes the mistake of dropping the list uh that they use to rank the hottest girl, and um right as is about to get shit on as the class representative uh, because they mentioned like uh, as Shinka is like questioning the boys, they mentioned like Yuda had to know something about it. If all the boys are in on it. So Ishiki just takes the fall and says it was all him by himself, which, you know, makes him seem like not the worst guy ever, but uh, he says he'll give himself a buzz cut of shame. Uh, which he doesn't plan to do, but then Shinka makes him do it.
0: Yeah, he has and to then, do it.
1: And then they laugh at him for how his head looks now. And then the episode ends with uh, Ishiki waiting for his love note, who he doesn't think will show up. And instead, the, all the guys show up and hoist him into the air and ch- chant him off as a hero. And um Weird episode.
0: <laughs> yeah bit of a weird I
1: moment I could have done without this, but some of the stuff was like so absurd that it was funny, so I didn't really hate it. It was just like it didn't you you take this episode out and you go like straight episode five to seven, and nothing really changes,
0: yeah, uh, if you see Ishiki, he may just be bald
1: yeah yeah you you might be wondering why he no longer has hair yeah but but
0: no. No, uh, I agree. You could definitely just take this one out. It's it's kind of whatever. It, it
1: wasn't a bad episode. It, it definitely was not necessary to the plot, though.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, but they do get asked to go um, on summer vacation to uh, Rika's hometown. They do, and we get a beach episode. Don't you just love beach episodes? You know, <laughs> when the beach episode leads to... Emotional development, I sure do. This is the least fan
1: service beach episode I have seen to this day. I I can say that.
0: Yeah.
1: So, Which I would certainly hope so, given that they are fucking freshmen in high school. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh... <laughs> so... Uh... They travel. Rika's really quiet, um... As they're traveling and Yuta's kind of curious about this but uh they all get to know each other sometime along this episode I noted that Dekomori is a funny character she's got some she's got some good comedy moments yeah. very very absurd and over the top um so uh yeah we meet the grandparents Rika seems to really like uh, isolate herself in this situation
0: oh dude rika was um, so sad oh, she, she was so sad it, this episode it made it, it made was. it made me feel sad
1: it was very sad uh yeah so yuda like kind of goes to talk to her and finds out that rika's pops uh croaked three years ago and very sad uh And Yuta kind of connects the dots and finds out that, like, hey, this Chenebio thing, it's probably, like, a coping mechanism. And this is where we start to see a turn of, like, Yuta sort of stops trying to, like, judge her so much for a a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, So he kind of, like, helps her escape and go fucking uh find old Pops's shit. Uh yeah, it was I don't,
0: it was where their it, that was where their family yeah. house was.
1: They wanted to go to the family house and the, there's some there there's some like underlying uh fantasy world shit to this, but basically uh Toka catches them and they have a, a great battle. They uh, do. Is uh very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got to cut straight into episode eight. So this one's kind of a two-parter. But uh, they fight, and Toka like bullies Rika into accepting that her father is dead. I guess. Yeah. Right. Um, her's si- kind of cold, but I guess
0: her sister's super you, you against it.
1: Like, her... yeah, and I mean. Three years is a long time to be caught up on that, but also like
0: yeah, she would have been all know, eleven when though. When you're young, yeah,
1: yeah, when you're young, that mm-hmm. shit sucks. But
0: plus, like, they they purposely. You know, is... I
1: understand. I understand Toka's position here. Like, you you don't want that to like stunt her her emotional growth forever, and like. Three years of trying to get someone to get over that is probably incredibly frustrating, especially when you are, like, the one taking care of them that whole time.
0: Yeah. I'd imagine so.
1: So, I I kind of see, like, both sides of their situation, but, uh, basically, Rika runs home, and, uh, Yuta follows her. Um, and he starts to sort of talk about what trauma caused his chinebio and, you know, they kind of relate. And then, you know, if they end up going home, which is crazy to me that like no one came to get them and they just let them spend the night there. But, uh, we do get some, some, uh. I guess cute little moments here where Rika forgets her apartment key and Yuda's family's out, meaning they're going to have a sleepover. Uh, so they go on a little corner store date and Ishiki and Kumin are also going on uh, a corner store date where Ishiki fumbles the ball. Yeah. Uh, wastes yeah. all his time trying to figure out what to do on a phone call. To mm-hmm. where Kuman just goes in without him. Yep. And, you know, this is just... This is so Ishiki at this point.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, you gotta and, worry about your own self, Ishiki.
1: Yeah, and we start to get, like... It, it's been pretty obvious to the audience, but they haven't addressed it at all. But we start to get, like, the... And I I will say there are some times when it's obvious that there's a romantic dynamic that it ne- and it never gets addressed. But this is where... They start to address the the Yuta and Rika ship yeah. dynamic, yep, and uh, they start to notice feelings for each other, and um, yeah, cute little sleepover. Yeah. Everyone's uh, yeah. everyone's having a good time.
0: Yeah, they uh, they end up entering into the unbreakable pact here.
1: Wait, they, they get the unbreak. Mm-hmm. Wait, w- which pact?
0: their their first one not their deeper pact but their first pact
1: oh the, like the friendship bond
0: yeah yeah like the like romance level 1
1: uh i don't even think they've uh, like this, this seems more like friendship level 4 i don't think there's any romance here yet that either of them are friendship acknowledging
0: oh uh, uh, does he still have to do the special quest to uh to unlock I, the the romance route
1: i I think so, I think that's coming up Because, uh, like this is where he's they're like standing there, and he's like, uh, yeah, I remember, okay, yeah, she draws the the summoning circle on him, that's what happens mm-hmm. to so but like
0: yeah to strengthen their powers
1: he's he's like looking at her and he's like Am I really okay with this? and he like closes his eyes thinking that she's gonna like kiss him, but she just draws a summoning circle on his hand, mm-hmm. so like he's he's like he accepts the romance in the sense that he's like so lonely, but Rika has not really started to acknowledge feelings for him yet uh and he hasn't really acknowledged feelings either; he's just more of a you know. I'm a freshman in high school. I'll take what I can get.
0: I I don't I don't think Yuta's that type of guy.
1: Well, that's how it that's definitely how they framed it, where it's like he didn't he didn't say like, you know, maybe I do like Rika. He's like, Am I okay with this?
0: Yeah, so like I okay with I wouldn't say the romantic
1: dynamic girl. had no, like, okay with closing his eyes so that she can kiss him. Uh, that's what... Uh, yeah, I mean... That's when that happened. Yeah, clearly he was. The point is, it, it, it does develop in the next episode, because this is when uh he starts to do some, like, over-the-top bullshit. Or, no, she starts to do some over-the-top bullshit. Yeah. Uh. So, Shinko wants them to do some shit for a festival uh it's whatever shinka does what shinka does we she's not very nice so i kind of just ignore her uh some shit about um the performance they they discuss it's uh none of this was really you know i wanted to find out what was happening with the relationship i didn't really give a fuck about this festival i'm going to be honest yeah. i just I'm ready I'm ready. They've been they've been giving us eight eight episodes of relationship build up with these two little cringe lords <sighs> and now I wanted to see them see them start to become a couple. So uh Yuda and Rika have had a weird dynamic since they spent the night or whatever, so they talk and um Rika's like saying that, her yeah. Yeah, there, Rika's, like, saying that he's possessed by, like, an evil force or something. It's, it's weird. Uh, but, like, you, you know, you would expect this from Rika, I guess. Yeah. So. Uh, but they want to, like, perform a ritual on him or something. Which. This is, uh. I don't know how you felt about all this, but this seemed insane to me.
0: With them wanting to perform the ritual to bring out the uh, the dragon from Utah.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely that.
0: It seemed on brand.
1: I. Yeah, but uh, anyways, um, Shinka. Being the the great Mori Summer and seeing all has caught on to the fact that Rika is in love with Yuta and she starts letting people know this.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Shinka wants to like pressure Rika into admitting her feelings, and uh, this somehow leads to fucking Rika falling off a roof so that Yuta can save her because she's like trying to get his attention or some shit. I don't know, women women in danger syndrome type thing to, like, make Yuta save her and, like, see if he really lost. I don't know what the fuck was going on in this episode. But, it ends cute. Yuda saves her. He's big hero. Big hero six. Uh, yeah. But, um, They st- Rika's like gradually discovering more and more of her feelings and uh Yeah, there there's some awkwardness here as you'd expect from the little Chinibio girl. Um yeah. there's there's some like interaction between Yuta and Toka at a restaurant after this. Um and Rika's like I think this is where Rika starts talking about going to Italy, or is that next episode? Oh. Yeah, this is where she starts talking about it, in episode 10. Yeah. Um, And Toka wants Yuda to like basically pick up where she's left off of getting her to overcome her father's death and <sighs> get over her Chinebio phase. And this seemed wild to me. To be honest, it's like, hey, really? I've what? made her hate me for three years, so now I'm going to go to Italy, and you, who have, like, finally gotten to this decent point in developing a relationship with her, now you can make her hate you instead.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: so... Yeah. yeah. but I uh, mean,
0: he doesn't have to make her, like, hate him, though. He just has to help her cope with the death. Whatever.
1: No, because she wants him. Like she specifically says, like you need to get her out of this Cinebio shit. I know. It's. But it it seems pretty fucked up to ask of someone that's actually younger than Rika. Yeah. Hey. I guess you help her.
0: Yeah, I guess since they're so close, that that would be why. Yeah,
1: but in the future episodes, we get plenty of references to how Yuda has been brainwashed by the the priestess Toka. Yes. Um, but anyways, um, Yuda and Rika like practice, and after Rika leaves, uh, Yuda's or Rika's mom comes by and like drops off a lunchbox, and this sort of like gives Yuda a duty to like help Rika cope with things so that she can repair the relationship with her mom cuz she's like hated her mom for not telling her that her dad was dying until he was like dead uh which like uh that is that is a messy situation for our boy Yuta mhm but um the episode ends in a a very fucked up way where like Rika's like or Yuta's like Rika, you've got to take off the eye patch before they do the performance which is like Yuta, what? You, you like two episodes ago you just accepted her for who and like related to her. Yeah. And
0: and now she's got to take c- off the eye patch?
1: And yeah, Rika is like She's finally like accepted feelings and like felt accepted and for loved for like the first time since her dad died. And then now, right then, this guy tells her that she can't be who she is anymore, and that's that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. But uh, so Rika takes off the eye patch and sings her dad's favorite song, and it's. It's kind of cute, but also very sad because it's like we know she's harboring some very sad feelings. You don't just you don't just give up the the eye of the wicked lord life and and, and walk be away. okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so Toka's gone, sadly, very very sad. She will be dearly missed until like episode seven, but or episode seven of season two, but. Uh, Rika tries to, like, become normal, basically, uh, and Yuta tries to, like, help her become normal, and we see that's not gonna be an easy task, because she doesn't know how to speak like a normal person. Uh.
0: Me neither, that's okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, she tries to, she thinks normal people sound like, uh, British people from, like, the 1600s.
0: Oh, we, did. um, we didn't even mention her trying to act like a French, a French lady. Whenever they were trying to set up the club, oh,
1: that was that part made me cringe so hard. I really? think I just erased
0: it from my memory. Yeah, the teacher the handled it. was
1: so bad.
0: <laughs> the teacher handled it so well. She, at least in the dub, she whipped out the French on her.
1: Yeah, the <laughs> the teacher did handle that well, but. Uh, but, yeah, so, Rika starts to become, like, Rika hits, like, the Detroit Become Human line of her life, and, uh, some shit goes down, um, Dekamori is fucking devastated over this, kinda sad, but also, like, Dekamori, you need more than one friend. Like, come on. Yeah. But uh.
0: Well, that's her. That's her best friend. It's not just her friend.
1: I mean, yes, but it it it's also her only friend until this like club.
0: Yeah. But uh. But she's also yeah. Rika's only friend. Yeah, they
1: basically. It it's all very sad. Um some shit about like i don't know rika like has to fucking trash all her chini i guess she doesn't trash it but she like starts to clean her room out of chinebio shit so that her mom can come over and like uh get it all out or not get it all out but like her room can look like a normal person's to make it less stressful on her mom um and then Rika goes off on a train to visit her dad's grave and like lets Yuda know, like, don't worry, I'll be back. But uh she's not coming back. Uh
0: she took a one way train going and, anywhere.
1: Yeah. Uh Yuda and Dekamori have a very like sad argument. Uh it's pretty pretty dark actually, but like Yuda like fucking goes off on poor little Dekamori. Um, and it's, it's sad, but yeah, so then that's when, uh, we find out Rika's not coming back, um, uh, Dekamori is also done with her Chinebio shit at the moment, and everything's like, we, we get this really sad, like, feeling like, oh no, everything, like, we we know they're not going to end it like this, but it, it's still very sad to see where they're going with this. They they like start to ditch all the Chinibio shit. Everything seems like they're going back to normal, but obviously, like you know, they're not going to end it like this.
0: Yeah. So, if episode, Rika,
1: oh,
0: I was gonna say if what if episode seven was was like kind of sad. This was like spamming F in the chat, big sad. Well,
1: you like, said 5 was the one that made you cry, where, like, Rika was... Oh, I cried multiple times. ...super lonely. I. That's, that's fair. Yeah. But, um... So...
0: But, yeah. This was also a big, big moment. I did... I teared up here as well.
1: Yeah, it was, uh... It was, uh... It was pretty powerful overall, because, like... Yuta realizes, oh shit, she's not coming back. I've got to go get her. So he tries to take a train. The trains aren't running, so he fucking, like, yoinks Ishiki's bike and, uh, just rides out there. And, um, <laughs> he shows up and fucking grandpa wants to, like, shoot him or some shit. Uh, it was, it was, uh, this was. Gonna honestly say, like, it's kind of fucked up that this gramps might, like, I was like, are they, he's not gonna shoot Yuta, right? Because, like, he mentioned the shotgun once, and I'm like, huh? And then he, like, mentions the gun again. I'm like, is is yuda gonna get shot? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, he gets Rika. They jump from the roof to escape Rika, who for some reason can't just jump from the roof or just doesn't care enough to and then they escape there's like a cop there but Ishiki and uh, Shinka like fakes a sexual assault from Ishiki to distract the police and Ishiki runs from the cop which seems like a really fucking bad idea because now they're they're both gonna have to deal with that and also he's running from a cop for something that he actually didn't do, I, I know this is like Japan, so but like, don't run from the police.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, that's not a, a good idea. Not recommended.
1: Definitely not in this country. No, but
0: uh, um, but real quick before you uh carry on, um, on uh, Utah's way up there to pick up Rika. Um we got to see Decamori without her pigtails. Um, that was cursed. Uh Oh, yeah, that
1: wasn't great.
0: Yeah, that was real that was real cursed. And um cumin, uh her being I the wicked I of the Wicked Lord uh the second. What a what oh, yeah. A, what a real one, dude. What a real one.
1: I'm gonna be honest, I kind of hated that. Like I what? appreciated the sentiment. I love human, that. Oh, I like, loved it. I'm like this is this is so dumb.
0: It uh it's it's beautiful cuz you know she's really just kind of been there sleeping the whole time, occasionally getting in on the banter, but it's really just been her and Chimera hanging out, napping in the background. So
1: resting for her for, transformation.
0: Yeah. She was it was a simple hibernation before she reached her final form
1: but uh yeah so they they break out uh they're going off on a bike ride um they go to the invisible visible boundary line uh they run from the police on a bike for miles which I'm going to say in America they they would be shot like yeah they're not making it that far miles like there's there's no way I saw, like, a, a video today of, like, some dude that, like, or some cop that, like, uh did, like, a flip maneuver on a car because it didn't pull over after, like, a mile of, uh like, some lady, like, slowed down and put on her hazards, and she went for, like, a mile on the highway because there was, like, a shoulder, but it was, like, a pretty small shoulder on, like, a... Um, it was, like, a pretty small shoulder with, like, a, a concrete barrier on the other end of it. But, uh... So she had, like, her hazards on going, like, 55 or 60 on the highway. And the cop, like, fucking flipped her because she didn't pull over for a mile. And, uh... Yeah. So, multiple miles on a bike ride. You're, you're not making it that far in America. No. But, uh... Yeah but you know they make it to the invisible boundary line thankfully unharmed by the the police and you know good for them we get this cute little ending of part 1 or a season 1 I should say it was uh it was cute we got a nice little ending oh, i would well. not have minded if it had ended right there but did oh, yeah. it end right there
0: no but I I also liked it. I liked that that whole little scene with them looking out over the river. It was it was just good. Um, I would highly recommend watching season one, um, and then kind of stopping right there.
1: Um, now I I, I do want to I want to say real quick. I think if you watch the movie, you're going to have to power through season two. And I've I haven't seen the movie myself, but I've heard it's pretty good. I so mean, if you do want to watch the movie. I'd say, probably just tough it out for season two,
0: yeah i I mean, I know I'm saying like season two is like not great, but I still like enjoyed my time watching season two, but i i I do really like the characters, so
1: is watch season 2. episode like five through ten were so dreadful. I didn't really mind one through four that much, uh
0: yeah, and
1: ten and twelve- or eleven and twelve weren't that bad, but five through ten. Felt like the longest shit where just nothing was happening that mattered uh, so let's jump into that and find out some reasons why uh, this there'd probably be a lot less discussion on this one because to be honest uh, a lot of this is forgettable uh intro and outro I already talked about they were both cool uh, not as good as season one um so... Sure. We get to episode one and they're like living together now. Uh, Yuta kind of explains the situation of how they got there where uh, Rika got like accidentally evicted or some shit. This whole first episode is basically like to sum this up really quickly it's basically just they're living together or Toka comes home and finds out Uh, Yuta has to explain and then uh, cause Yuda's family like went away or some shit, and then Yuda's sister comes home in the middle of this, and now Toka's like, well, if Yuda's sister's, sister's here, then I guess I'm fine with Rika and you living together. Which I don't. Uh, that just seems so dumb to me, but I don't.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't. I didn't. I wouldn't expect Yuda and Rika to do anything alone either. Well. Yeah, I mean they're so innocent, but we get to
1: see them all the time. Toka doesn't, so you know she might, she might think that Yuta has some bad intentions. But either way, like, why is it now fine because the sisters here? That's what, that's the part that's wild to yeah, me, especially but, because it's
0: her younger or his younger sister.
1: Yeah. Regardless, though, everything's fine because uh, Rika doesn't have to move back to Italy with Toka. Which was the threat that they were under if they couldn't figure out a living situation. Um, yeah, so there's some, like, gossip shit about Yuta and Rika living together. I could really care less about all of this at this point. It wasn't, like, dreadful, but it was, like... season one was cool because it was about like discovering the feelings and then season two is like you know that that's always the fun part of the relationship is like building up to it and like discovering feelings for each other but Mm -hmm. then season two is like all the shit that comes with a relationship and no one wants the responsibilities that come with the relationship i mean you know you you deal with them I mean, sometimes they can be nice, but it's, it's definitely not the most, it's like, you know, when you get married, it's, it's like the stuff that builds up to that and the experience, but you don't want to deal with the finances and the paying for it and the fucking, all the, all the, like, changing the names and stuff. The, season two is like the business side of the relationship. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, uh, it's the less fun side. Yeah. So, basically, they... Rika, like, blows all her fucking allowance on night vision goggles or some shit.
0: Good purchase.
1: <laughs> I mean... Yeah, so Yuda has to go grocery shopping with her. And there's some people catch them grocery shopping out, because apparently they're watching every move, because there's nothing better going on in this town. Um, and then... Shinka like says, "Hey, you need to take her on a date. This is like a really boring relationship you've got going on." And they go to an aquarium where they they advance the pinky touch to a handhold, which is I thought was a little uh, a little over the top.
0: Yeah, handholding in my slice of life anime.
1: Yeah, like what, excuse me, it was a it's, it's a little slutty for high schoolers yeah, to uh... just be holding oh, hands.
0: Unprotected hand-holding.
1: <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah, like, not even, not even wearing gloves. Oh. It's, but, Ew. uh, Rika, like, tells Do they eat Yuta their food with those hands? Uh, I don't think Rika eats at all on oh, the that's... fucking allowance that she blows. <laughs> she eats the free samples. She does. She does go in on the free samples. But, uh, so, Rika basically, like, says, hey, I don't have any fucking idea what we're supposed to be doing, and just like, it doesn't matter what other people think, because we'll just do our relationship our own way. That's We right. are not, uh, our contract is not limited to the fucking mundane or something. Yeah, um, this, is not a, something this like isn't that. a
0: contract of the mundane, this is a contract that only the strongest eye of the wicked lord can, uh... Yeah, Un, like handle. Um.
1: And at the end of episode two, we meet we meet this absolute queen. I know you love her. Uh, Sh- Shichimia comes down that rope and asks Rika if she wants to see her magic. And what a good what callback! A fucking what a fucking moment! Uh. And I was so hyped here. I'm like, yes, lesbian love affair. Let's go. It it was not anywhere near that exciting. <laughs> no. I was, probably I be was better so disappointed. Was. I was so disappointed at where this went. <laughs> but uh episode three, we get about as close to a fan y moment as we're gonna get. But this one actually has a purpose, so it's not actual fan service and it's not overly sexualized, it's just Rika... Uh, in Yuda's dreams, making a mildly sexual advance,
0: which is normal or, for these for a guy or girl in this situation or th- whomever. Yeah, yeah,
1: but everything goes downhill from this episode. I'm yep. gonna be honest. We get like a fucking Rika and Yuda make a bet over a test where. <laughs> Yuta loses, so he has to dress up as a magical girl. And, like, you know, Femboy Yuta is kind of pog. But, like, what is this adding to the story at this point?
0: Uh, absolutely nothing. No, but, oh, that was so cute. And they got cumin in on it, too. Let's go. Yeah, it was... Yeah. But, uh...
1: Rika and Shachimia have like a battle or something, and Yuta interrupts it and's like, Hey, Shichimia is my old buddy. Uh, I think Yuta, like, has to walk Shachimia home for some. I don't. Did they say why? Because. Like, someone asked him
0: to, and he just cause couldn't she, say no? Because she, she lives in Rika's old apartment. No, he didn't know that until, uh,
1: remember, he got there, and he was like, wait, this is where you live? And then he was, like, surprised that it was his place. But, like, they didn't explain why he had the obligation to do that instead of spend time with Rika. Or why the fuck she... I guess she just moved there, so she didn't know how to get home. But, like... Yeah. I don't know. She had the directions to get home, obviously, because he didn't know that she was going to his apartment. It's... It was dumb. Whatever. Yeah. I guess... You know, if I I guess it's right for a woman to be scared in unfamiliar grounds going home the first time. But uh, anyways, so they go home, and again, Yuta is surprised that we we really get a full throwback to season one where he walks Rika home. But he walks Shechimia home and is surprised that it is Rika's old apartment that she moved into. Rika comes home later and is surprised that Shichimia is like over for dinner. Um, and then Rika gets jealous because Shichimia is making some advances on on her man, and they they touch noses, which is more than Rika and Yuta have done. They've
0: only held hands. Hold on, but is touching noses further than holding hands? unprotected hand holding
1: uh next time we're together i'm going to ask you if you want to hold my hand or touch noses and i guarantee you you'll, you'll you're probably going to want to hold my hand cuz it's probably uh less intimate
0: hmm fair enough
1: yeah that's like yeah i they used to have us like hold hands and fucking like kindergarten and shit. They never made me touch anyone's nose with my nose.
0: That's fair. I guess that would be a no no square activity. That is pretty close to someone's face. That is I mean the nose that is is one on. Yeah, the nose that is, is on one the face. St-
1: that is one stumble away from kissing. So you know.
0: <laughs> like Naruto and Sasuke.
1: Yeah, you just you 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 bend the chin a little bit, and you're you're touching lips right there. That's fair. Uh, but now Yuda has entered into another contract, which Yuda really needs to. Yuda needs a fucking lawyer for all these contracts that he's about to be making. To be honest, but he enters into another contract where he will never go near another woman. Which I don't really. That's so non-specific, and like. What, what does that even like encompass, really? And uh, everything's really just downhill from here. Uh, Shinka, this actually episode four was kind of funny cause, yeah, like, Shinka gets fucking got, but uh, oh, that was so good. Shinka runs for president and uh, student council president, not president of Japan, Mm-hmm. but uh. Dekamori becomes her little underling for this, uh, borrowed from Rika, and basically helps her, and it's looking real good, like Shinka's gonna win this thing. Uh, And Shinka gets so grateful for Dekamori because she's been so nice that she puts on her Mori Summer cosplay just for Dekamori, because she she knows that she wants... She, she knows that Dekamori really wants to meet the real Mori Summer. Uh, and, you know, this seems, like, cute and wholesome at the time it happens. Like, Dekamori, like, cries and takes a picture and is, like, so happy. And then they go to the election uh where they're, like, giving their final speeches. And Dekamori just outs this bitch, reads from the Mabinogian... Puts up a picture of her in her Mori summer cosplay. And, like, Jesus fuck, this seemed so. Like, I. All that hate I had for Shinka just got erased and went to Dekamori for the. Because this was so fucking mean. She like, meant it out of the goodness of her heart, though. No, she didn't. She meant it as like a fucking. Dekamori? She meant it as like a fucking expose to prove that Shinko wasn't the real Mori Summer because she knew that she'd fucking get upset when she heard the words of the Mabinogian. This was so ill-intentioned.
0: No, it was was well-intentioned. What do you mean? This was horrible.
1: This is like... This is this is when your LARPing is taken too far, like, I, like when you LARP, you have to suspend disbelief. This is this is just completely immersing yourself in another world. Yeah, which Dekamori like,
0: definitely has done.
1: Yeah, but th- she, this is too far. Yeah, she <laughs> she she, uh, she does not know how to turn it off at all. No one, no one deserves this.
0: Yeah, I I genuinely don't think she meant it poorly. She got mad because she believed that, you know, Nibutani was the real Mori Summer after the cosplay, I mean, but only the fake Mori S-
1: Dekamori f- is a liar, but if you can trust what she says,
0: I trust her when it comes to Mori thought- Summer or her master, uh, I, the Wicked Lord. Well, then she said herself that she never
1: trusted that she was the real Maury Summer, and this was all just to out her.
0: <laughs> I might have missed that.
1: That was, like, you you have to make the decision on if she's just, like, lying, or, but, like, if, if she really thought she was the real Maury Summer, then I feel like she would have respected her wishes not to out her in public. But why, I feel like this was all calculated, but why to would prove you, that she wasn't the real Maury Summer?
0: But why would you not want to just share your love for one of your two masters in life out in public? Are you ashamed of she your wife? It was
1: dangerous because people were hunting her. And right, I
0: might have missed. Maybe
1: you know I can't blame you for spacing out during yeah. the, these episodes. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I
0: should have taken better notes.
1: <laughs> but uh anyways. Um this is why I should Some read other the shit. Novels. Some other shit happens here. We get into I'm going to power through this cuz we're running pretty long and this is uh <laughs> there's not a lot of exciting stuff here. We get a cool napping competition though. Oh yeah, can we talk able- about
0: that real fast? That was Yeah. That was lit. Got
1: <laughs> They've got like budget cuts or some shit, and mm-hmm. the, the the club's gonna get disbanded if it's not doing anything like that matters. So they get to have a napping competition, and like it's like yes, this is Cuban's moment. She has been our our sweet little innocent, our the the Maori of this show, and it's it, it's like this is her moment to shine, and it's it's so cute. They and like you know. Rika as a being the little dumbass that she is like bets the whole fucking organization will disband over this if they lose. Yeah. Uh, despite not being nearly as experienced in the napping, so Kumin puts them through napping boot camp uh being the master that she is. Um and they all get like way too much sleep the night before which is a really bad idea. Um but you know Maybe. Kumin carries it and the they the other team f f s uh yeah, she, so.
0: she slept through them getting the trophy
1: yeah she they they did not stand a chance,
0: no human human uh, re- really put the team on her back
1: it was it was good, and then we jump ahead, and some shit goes on, they're visiting like an island, is this the field trip? I think this is the field trip, right? Yeah, this is the field trip where, uh. So there's a a lot of this is not great. Um. But they go out, uh, there's like a. Yeah, why can't they use
0: their cell phones on the field trip?
1: I don't fucking know, man. It's. High school was dumb. I'm not going to question that. They had a lot of stupid fucking policies. Especially if this is 2014. Like around then. I know they've gotten more lax since then. Yeah. Uh but like like I remember from the time like when when you graduated, they would almost confiscate your phone any time it was out, but like when I graduated by that time, it was like, you know, half your classes they did not care if you were on your phone the whole class. So Really? You know, yeah. is like, and I feel I feel like now every class is like that. Probably
0: that's actually pretty pretty smart on on their end.
1: Yeah, it's but uh... since this is like 2014 and the light novels were written before that, there'd that, probably be like a no phone policy or some dumb shit. Uh, but anyways, so there's some uh. There's some pretty, I want to be honest, just boring shit that goes on here with some cute moments in between of Rika and Yuta. Uh, Yuta gets bullied at the, the sleepover thing. Uh, it's like a spend-the-night class trip or some shit, and Yuta's getting bullied because he hasn't uh, kissed Rika yet. Rika, like, sneaks in with her night vision goggles because she's fucking Rika. Uh she ends up, like, in their sleeping bag where it looks like they're gonna kiss, and then, uh, some fucking dude comes in and is, like, all panicked and shit because he hears talking and, you know, you gotta be a hard ass if you're gonna take some fucking 15-year-olds on a school trip, I guess. Or, sorry, they're they're 17 now, actually. Um, But, then, uh, Shinka is a little hero, sort of, and, like, uh, she, like, creates a distraction. Uh, all in all, some shit happens. Uh, Rika kisses Yuta on the cheek anyways, very... which is not quite the kiss that they were expecting, but it,
0: it was it very builds cute. up.
1: Yeah, it was cute. And then, uh, they end up, like, they they're gonna spend the whole next day together, uh, to like get some real moments, which is interrupted by Shichimia, because uh, Yuda constantly just fumbling this ball. Because
0: of course, uh, of course, she's there on her own school's field trip.
1: Did she not go to the same school?
0: No, she went to a different school.
1: Oh, miss that. But uh, anyway, I guess that. Would...
0: Yeah, whatever.
1: But uh, yeah, she's
0: literally the meme. Oh yeah, I have a girlfriend, but you wouldn't know her. She goes to a different school.
1: But she's not anyone's girlfriend.
0: I mean, she could be Ishiki's. We never see him, and I'd like to never see Shishimiya.
1: I don't think anyone wants to date Ishiki with the way he looks now.
0: <laughs> well, and... you, you don't like tan Ishiki. That it, it <laughs> literally looked like <laughs> – he it was, like, purple. Yeah.
1: But That's anyways, somehow all of this, like – I don't really understand the dynamic of, like, how you can't, like uh, – why I don't understand why Shichimi has planet – in her head that she needs to choose between her chunebio or being with Yuta. It's very confusing. I don't really get this plot line, but Shichimiya is in her own world. Um but it upsets Rika that he broke the contract of never getting close to another girl even though Shichimiya was just giving him like a fucking arcade token. Mm-hmm. But uh they reunite. They have like a mini date. Uh, it's not a very good one since they spent half the day being mad at each other. I've been there. Don't worry, Yuta. I have upset a girl the day that I was supposed to spend, like, a whole nice day with her. And, uh...
0: We've all been there. Yeah, we've all been there.
1: Uh, but he gives her a nice umbrella, and she's super happy about it. Uh, because that's, like, her her fictional weapon thing. Uh, now there's, like, some... this is the worst fucking part of the anime for me. Uh, So I'm going to power through this real quick, and if you've got anything you want to say, you just throw it right in there, but I'm really just going to power through episode 8 through 10, because I fucking hated this, but basically Mori Summer finds out that there is a website plagiarizing all of her work, and she thinks that Dekamori did it, but Dekamori didn't. Um, So, you know, all this bullshit goes down, um... Let me make sure there's nothing that I'm missing in between here. Uh, yeah, no, this is everything. Okay, so Yuda thinks that Shinka should. Or sorry, we have to meet this new girl. So <laughs> there's this new girl that is fucking weird, but she's basically pretending to be Mori Summer, um, and has like basically taken a what's her name fucking Dekamori hostage. Uh, but they're, like, you know, they're they're falling in love because that's Dekamori's little idol. And this really pisses Shinka off for a moment, but then she's like, why do I care? Now this little fucker will stop leaving me alone, and I can, like, pawn all my Chinibio shit off on her. But, you know, I, I don't really understand why she comes out of that. I guess they convince her that she should be upset about this. So, they go on to, uh declare a battle so they fight and um yeah this this sucked i mean the visuals were really cool but the fight was dumb it was really weird seeing shinka like actually larp this out you yeah. know because this seemed like super out of character but whatever and we find out that this lady is like an actual fucking creep that only wanted Dekamori in the first place because she thought that she was like an innocent, uh, innocent little girl, and then uh, she finds out that Dekamori has already been kissed. So she's like, "Oh, well, I guess not interested anymore." Uh weird stuff. Yeah, not not very
0: PogChamp.
1: Yeah, and that's our first depiction of a of a gay character. Which, you know, at least we got one, so, like, representation, but also, like, can we depict them a little better than that? Especially after we find out what happens in episode 12, but I'll get to that. But, uh, anyways, Yuta finds all these fucking little mementos about, uh, some shit, uh, he finds, like, an old envelope with an arcade token in it, and, um, some... They go out to, like, a fucking another beach episode. Uh, interesting, I guess. Uh, we get, like, a fun little joke here uh, where Toka comes back and pretends to be a mommy, uh, a dummy mommy, if you will, but it's not actually her kid. I, I got super baited by that, Yeah. to be honest. Yeah. It, it only takes like 20 seconds for them to reveal that, but in the time that they did, I had like messaged you and I'm like, oh shit, Toka's a MILF? No. And then it wasn't her kid. Oh. But, uh.
0: I'm sure if you asked her nicely, she might play a MILF for you. You know,
1: I am happy with her just bashing me on the head with a spoon. I would take that. <laughs> All right. To be honest. But, um, there's like. Throughout these two episodes, 9 and 10, it's just Shachimia basically fucking trying to, like, make sure Rika's, like, ready to, to take her, her Yuta away or some shit. Um, is like, obsessing over Yuta, and I don't really get why Shachimia is like this. It seems, I, like, really
0: I guess odd. she had a crush on on Yuta back in the day, but she chose being, yeah, she, I, she chose the magical devil that. girl life. Yeah, and
1: I get that, and that's fine, but it's like, why, why is she so obsessed over cucking herself here? Like, she keeps, she's, like, begging fucking Yuta to be like, yes, tell me how much you want Rika instead of me. It's, it's weird. Like, I guess she wants, like, the assurance that it's never gonna happen, so she knows that she didn't, like, miss her chance, but, yeah. Like,
0: but it kind of, probably to her, probably feels like she did miss her chance, because she's seeing him be in a loving relationship and still be, like, Chenebio. Yeah,
1: but Yuda, or Rika, like, goes off and does her own thing, and it, like, rains, and Rika gets a cold, and Yuda tells uh, Shichimia like, yeah, it's Rika, it's not you, sorry. And she's like, thanks, King, at least now I know. Uh, So Yuda, like has to take care of Rika now because she got a cold because her dumbass was out in the rain and she didn't get to take her umbrella because apparently they couldn't take their umbrellas under the fucking dresses they were wearing for the Bone Festival. Um, Chimia, like, lets... Uh, she lets Yuta and Shinka and Kumin and all of them know that, like, she is fine. She is a girl boss and... She will be okay without Yuta in her, in her heart. Um, there, this, we find out that, like, Rika is, like, going missing because of a blue moon or some shit, and then, uh, Yuta reads, like, a fucking letter about, um, It's like some shit that he wrote before about how on a blue moon you have to bring these three little trinkets to awaken the fucking dragon that we've been told, like, Rika's been trying to awaken this for, like, 16 episodes now or something. It is crazy. But, uh... And then we get to our final episode, where, uh... Yuta... uh, The cat's sick. That fucked with me, man. That was the saddest part of this entire show for me.
0: Yeah. Did you thought something bad was going to happen to the cat? I
1: mean, I I knew he'd be okay, but, like, why they got to make the cat sick? Anyways, Mm -hmm. it's like the second term, Rika's, like, neglecting Yuta or some shit as she does anytime their relationship advances in any level whatsoever uh everyone's concerned that they like broke up or something um and then uh there's like a a discussion about entering into a a superior contract which is is kissing i guess um we get a bathhouse thing, also weird. Uh, I didn't really understand why we were at a bathhouse for this to all happen, but uh, Rika like tells them, "Hey, you have to stop the fucking dark forces from overcoming me and making me run away, so that I can kiss you to." Um, which weird, just weird, but. Whatever. Uh, so they they force her to stand there. Yuta shows up. She tries to run away and, like, fucking do her continuously repeated leg kick that, like, sweeps Yuta from under. Um, but he has finally learned how to jump the kick. And then he holds her shoulders down to keep her from running away. And they kiss. And, uh, yeah. The cat had six kittens. Yes,
0: yeah, so that's why the cat was sick.
1: <laughs> and that is Love, Chunebio, and Other Delusions. Yeah. Uh, we have.
0: Oh, yeah, because they, they, they don't kiss at the end of season two after all that. Yeah, it was uh it that, was something. Yeah, that's why you have to watch the movie.
1: Um so what do you uh we've done a fair amount of discussion, but let let me hear I I think I know the answer, but I want to hear your favorite characters and uh your favorite moments. I think you talked a bit on the moments, but
0: are there any you didn't get to talk about? Um so, let's see. I really did... Well, favorite characters are Rika, Yuta, and Kumin. In, in that order. Love those three.
1: That's too many. We only have, like, eight characters. You can't pick
0: that, three. That's fine. You, you're asking... Man, Rika's too easy. I'm going to have to go with Kumin. I loved her this go-around. Um, Pretty much, I really liked uh, their advisor. Even, like, she... Because she had no idea what was going on. She just seemed like she'd be a real fun teacher to have. So, like, all of her scenes with them... Um, I, I enjoyed quite a bit. Um another one that we touched on briefly was uh like that little amount of time that we got like just kinda seeing Rika in Utah at the start of uh season one. Uh oh,
1: I just I just remembered I missed something super important. Yeah. To, oh god like the end of episode seven. Uh Rika tells Yuta that she loves him, but mm-hmm. he never says it back in any of the episodes. Yeah. This man is fumbling the ball.
0: Yeah. Not Poggers. Uh but yeah, you know who was your favorite character? I really liked Femboy
1: Yuta, but uh <laughs> I'm gonna I think I'm gonna have to oh it's a tough one cuz they're they're all pretty balanced but I'm I'm just going to go with I'm going to go with Rika as the the easy one, the carry of the show. Yeah. But like uh they 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 all were like fairly balanced. Like they had their their ups and downs. Like Dekamori was funny, but also she was kind of annoying mm. and and she had that one really mean moment. You and know, like, Shinka was nice sometimes, but she was also really fucking mean sometimes. But uh
0: yeah. How about a a favorite moment?
1: Uh, favorite moment? Uh, probably the the intense bike ride in episode 12 of season 1.
0: Yeah. That was that was that was pretty cool. Mm. All right, I have a, I have one more question for you. It's pretty; it's not a normal question. What's your favorite uh, ship in the show? My favorite ship? There's only like two. No, you can ship whomever you want.
1: Oh, Uh I'm gonna go with uh, Rika and Shishimia. I'm gonna be honest; we can we can get Yudon out of here. I think they'd be a cute couple. All right, I was. Uh... I I want I want twelve episodes of just Chichimia and Rika going around town larping.
0: <laughs> that actually because it's cute. like, yeah,
1: they're like they're like actually both so into it, and like, you know, Yuda's cool. He, he he'd be like my ship for like a real relationship, but like if they're chenibio in it out, then it's definitely that one.
0: I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. So
1: I guess I guess I should say that uh it's it's the eye of the wicked lord and ex uh the magical devil girl more so. I
0: I respected it. I respected it. All right. Uh I already said mine. Um but okay. What uh you have any final thoughts before we rate it?
1: Uh I liked well when I I liked season one a lot more than I thought I would. And then even though you told me season two wasn't as good, I, I, after having my hopes just blown away, or like after having my expectations like blown away by season one, just because from what I was expecting, I then had season two let me down immensely. Uh, So we had like a parabolic, like upshift. And the, the expectation versus what I was getting and then a very, very sharp downturn. Uh but you know, it it'd be like that sometimes.
0: Yeah. Sometimes it do be like that. Uh I also like season one a lot more than I like season two. But I overall enjoy both uh both seasons. But I think season one is pretty much where it's at. Uh what would you rank it uh buddy?
1: Ah uh, this is a tough one cuz if it was just season 1 it was going to be pretty high but I'm going to have to average the two since they were both 12 episodes and give it a flat 7. And if you want the this if you want the split it's an it's an 8 for season 1 and a 6 for season 2. Yeah but we'll
0: we'll average that out to a seven hmm. yeah that that does average out to about a seven you know i'm it did make me cry, and I cried in both seasons, so it wasn't just season one. I cried in season two as well uh, if I could just cut out like
1: those those middle six episodes,
0: yeah. you know I'm gonna do it I'm gonna give it a nice seven point eight. Seven point eight. Seven. I think that's exactly what it has on my anime list. I think it has a seven point seven five.
1: That's that would round up to seven point eight. Or at least I think that's what season one has.
0: Yeah. Cause I do really, but, uh, really enjoy the the show as a whole. And I'd recommend it really to anyone. Um But there's just some some parts that i i could do without
1: yeah i felt like season 1 really every, everything in there was good or necessary oh so, but uh yeah oh you know we forgot to we forgot to give it a we forgot to give it a quirky rating we just gave it a regular number
0: oh all right let's let's go back and do it again let's go back and do it again what would you actually rate it all this right. time
1: um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with seven uh, seven larping girls dropping onto my balcony, out of
0: ten. Okay, and I will go with seven point eight magical girl blast into the darkness. Out of ten, can you divide those into point eight? Well, one of them wasn't at full power.
1: Oh, that's that 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 that's fair. All right. Well, that is love, Chenebio and other delusions, and love, Chenebio and other delusions heartthrob. Yeah. Uh, that being said,
0: uh, what will we be watching next week, Alex? I uh, I believe we'll be watching Made in Abyss. Ooh, and we already
1: have two guaranteed listeners for that one. I am excited. I have no experience with this. Yeah, but I am. I have heard so many good things about it, and I have been wanting to watch it for so long.
0: Okay, uh, By so
1: long. I mean, like three months.
0: Oh, it's uh, it's very good. I've already watched. Um, I watched the first season. I've not watched the movie yet. But I really do want to watch... What will we
1: be doing the movie?
0: Uh, if I can find it, I will myself probably watch it after I get done with season one. But we don't have to watch it for the show.
1: Let me see what it's on.
0: Uh, it's probably uh, on, the, on the high seas.
1: The what? It's
0: probably on the high seas.
1: What are you, what are you talking about?
0: The movie "Dawn of the uh, Deep Soul," I believe. Yeah, where where can we watch it? Anyways, uh, where can the people <laughs> find you?
1: Uh, they can find me at twitter dot com slash tastefultoepicks or just at tastefultoepicks. Uh, you can also find me at twitch dot tv slash Raptor underscore. Where can they find you?
0: Alright, they can find me and the uh, podcast at Twitter, um, at BuddiesAnnie, or at NightHouseZeppoli. Um, I also have a YouTube channel, com slash CreamPuff, where I upload our podcast there, and occasionally upload other videos. Uh, anything you want to say to the people before we leave?
1: Uh, uh, see you next week for Maiden Abyss. Uh, Maybe with or without the movies. Not sure yet.
0: Yeah. All right. See y'all next week. Uh, don't forget to embrace your cringe.